That's part of the insecurity, too, I think, for some of us that are trying to get into the business space. Even though I'm a fourth generation entrepreneur, my great great grandparents were entrepreneurs in the islands. But even coming in, especially here in Utah, people know you, oh, you're Gabe Reed, you play football. What are you going to tell me about business? So it was hard to kind of break through and to get some credibility as a business owner. So I do think that that stereotype is out there. And so I guess my advice to all of the entrepreneurs and maybe particularly even the Polynesian entrepreneurs is that we're more than just shorter pads and a helmet. That's for sure. And we can do a lot more. And there's more than one way to improve the quality of your life. You don't have to just play football or sports. You can be a doctor. You can be an entrepreneur. What's up, Gabe? Hey, Jeff. How you doing, man? Good. You ready to podcast? Let's do it. Let's do it. We both have faces for radio. Yeah, that's right. That's what my wife tells me. <laughs> that's why we're doing radio. Podcast without video. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let me remind you of the purpose of the podcast. There are a couple. Like I said, last time Gabe was in a studio, you said you were singing songs. Is that uh-huh. right? You recording know, music in my previous life I, I i used to think i was a country singer but <laughs> did a, you really no 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 <laughs> or were you a rapper you know, well you know what it just depends on on who was in the studio i could be a rapper i could be a country singer i could be an r&b singer oh, you've always been everything yeah. <laughs> that's awesome well hopefully we don't have to bleep up bleep out too much of this episode Gabe. okay you got to control yourself yeah I'll, I'll behave here's the purpose of the podcast number one No matter our differences, we're a lot more alike than we often think. And I want to remind us of that. No matter where you come from, what you look like, what your religion is, your gender, et cetera, et cetera, we always have a lot more alike than we do different. That's something that I feel like we're losing. Number two, fear. Too often we let mistakes of the past or fear for an unknown future cloud our judgment. We make bad decisions. And number three, and why Gabe is here today— uh, we can learn from each other's stories. And I want to talk to my good friend, Gabe Reed, today. These are the stories of people you may or may not have heard of that will change your life for the better. Not not all my guests have played in the Super Bowl, but you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little <laughs> bit, if you want to call it that. But yes, I, 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 I had a uniform on during the Super Bowl. You yes. were in, though. Tell me about it. How was it? Well, actually, let me tell you a little bit about Gabe in case you don't know him. I'm sure that the millions of people that are listening to this are screaming up and down and just going crazy knowing that you're the guest. <laughs> um, but, you know, Gabe and I were good friends while we were at college at BYU. What year did you graduate? Uh, 2002. Was 2002, it? Yeah. yeah. I graduated in 01. Mm-hmm. So we served together in our local church and we played basketball and threw the football around, had fun, were friends. Uh, while Gabe was a star at BYU, tight end, superstar. Uh, I don't know about that, but you know, and you mentioned about playing basketball together. If <laughs> never getting a pass from you is playing basketball with you, then then yes, we did play together. But just watching you shoot the lights out is that if that defines basketball, then yes, we played lots of basketball together. Hey, d- did we win? Yes, we did. What we was did. my shooting percentage? Oh, you know what? I mean, from the three point line, I mean, you were Steph Curry before Steph Curry was Steph Curry. That's right. I I created Steph Curry. Yeah, that's funny game. Oh gosh, yeah, that was fun. Um, yeah, we were friends playing basketball. We served together in our church. Greg or Gabe is from Samoa. He has a beautiful wife, four kids, right? Yes. Three girls and a boy. Yes. And uh, played in the Super Bowl, played in the NFL for the Bears, and is now 
an entrepreneur here and uh, is doing a lot of exciting things. So I'm excited to talk to you, man. Oh, it's good to be here. It's always good to catch up with you, especially, and congrats on all your success. It's, it's been really fun to and exciting to to see all this, the success you've had. So congrats on that. Oh, thanks, Gabe. You've had much more success, like playing in the Super Bowl. What was that like, man? 99.9% of people will never play in the Super Bowl, but you have. Tell yeah. us, tell us, tell us commoners, us normal people, what it's like you to know, play in a Super Bowl. You know, I think we should just, uh, first of all, thank you for the kind words. Um uh, about playing in the Super Bowl, I think we need to just cut straight to the chase <laughs> and tell you the real question you want to ask Mm-mm. me. How did it feel, Gabe, to fumble in the Super Bowl? I wasn't going to even question. bring that up. Well, you know what, it's... Gabe, I was not going to bring that up. Well, I anyone just... who will Google it and say Gabe Reed Super Bowl, they'll they'll see that that infamous picture of me fumbling in the Super Bowl. So let's just start there. How about that? So and then we can just work our way back. <laughs> was that tough? Oh man, yeah. So you know, I I played in the. Um, in 2007, we went to the Super Bowl. It was the first time I was playing for the Chicago Bears at the time, and it was the first time we've ever the Bears have made it to the Super Bowl since the you know championship year back in '85. Yeah, with so like was, McMahon and Singletary and Sweetness Walter Payton. Do you remember oh, that? Uh, we were like in our prime then. You know, my yeah. middle name is Walter. But, it is, and I like to tell people I was named after Walter Payton, but didn't even have half the career he had. So, <laughs> yeah, he's but, awesome. So anyway, so we were we were there at the, at the Super Bowl 2007 in Miami. You couldn't have asked for a better place to playing against Peyton Manning. Yeah, you know, we we awesome. knew at the time he was going to be a future Hall of Famer. So they kick off the Super, you know, the the Super Bowl, we opening kickoff, you know, I was in on that play. I was playing some special teams and Devin Hester catches the ball and for those who watch it, it's the first time in NFL history he runs it back. For a touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. I don't remember this, so this is yeah, cool. Yeah, so he okay. runs it back for a touchdown. It's the first time in NFL history. He had a historic year that year. Yeah. And so everyone's excited. I was excited. And Devin Hester's like the new Deion Sanders like yeah. when we were growing up, or he was. You know he was. I mean? You know, yeah, it's yeah. funny, but this is how old we are because if you ask some kids now, they're like, Devin Hester. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah, they're like, Juju Smith. I do know Juju <laughs> Smith, and I know all these guys. What you about know, Dion Primetime? Yeah. They're like, I've never even heard of that guy. Now he's coaching. Now he's coaching. Son yeah. signed with uh, their team, and so... Yeah, but I think we just aged. Um, so if anyone was wondering how old we are, yeah, we just aged ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. look a lot younger though. Yeah. Well, you do. You do too. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, sorry, okay. sorry. Right, so Devin sorry. Hester returns it. He, runs, he turns it back for a touchdown. Everyone's happy. Everyone's going crazy. I'm going crazy because I'm thinking, hey, you know what? I'm a kid from Samoa. I'm in the Super Bowl, and that's big opening, time. I just made history. Yeah. So the very next kickoff, um, they decided, you know what? We're we're not going to kick it to Devin Hester. We're going to kick it to. We're going to kick, kick it to the kid from Samoa. We're going to kick it to the kid who doesn't really return the football ever. <laughs> so they kick the they squib kick it, which for those who don't know what a squib kick is, and, and and sorry if you do, but basically they just you know they don't put any air underneath it. They just try to beanline it to somebody, and it's like a Fidel Montero kickoff, just like ugly. Yeah. When he tries to kick it really. When hard. he tries it well, yeah. and, and but yeah. it squibs. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, whether he's kicking a football or a soccer ball, whatever it is. But, yeah, yeah. we love you, Fidel. So so they do a Fidel Montero kickoff to yeah. me. Yeah. I pick it up, and I'm thinking in my mind, here I am, a kid from Samoa, thinking, man, there's 90 million people watching this. This is my claim to fame. I'm in my contract year, and I'm going to return this. You know, I'm going to get some good yardage on it. So, anyway, so I'm picking up. I'm running. Is that really what you're thinking, by the way? Well, I'm thinking, well, let me back up a little bit because a couple of games prior to that, we had uh, played in uh, against Seattle, and they squib kicked it to me. Yeah, and I picked it up and ran it, you know, 
25 yards and to kind of set up the winning touchdown, right? And oh, so, cool. got it. So and I people are kicking have a away from Devin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah because he's um, at that time I think he had returned six touchdowns. I mean, six kickoff for and punts for touchdowns. He was having a historic year. Yeah. So I pick it up and I'm running. I think, oh, I'm going to do the same thing. A Super Bowl, biggest stage on you know on the planet. And I start running, and somehow I did not see the guy who was to the left of me, and I got hit so hard. And all I remember is my life was in slow motion at the time and thinking, no way that I could feel the ball yeah. just kind of slip right out of my hands and my hands slowly reaching for it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I didn't recover it. I fumbled the ball. They recovered it. And I I thought I was done. I mean, that was, you know, you're on the biggest stage of your life and thinking, man, I just blew it. Yeah. 90 million people are talking. Everyone in Samoa is talking about it. You know, and I have family in the stand too. So, so, thinking, so we can kind of laugh about it oh, now, 13 I years totally ago. Laughed. But what about now? I mean, what about then? I'm sure oh, it wasn't a laugh. Yeah. No, I was devastating. Probably. I was devastating. And, you know, I'm, we both believe in God. And, yeah. and I honestly don't think God cares about games. But at that point, I was praying. Yeah. And I was like, please, if there's anything I could do, I do not want to be remembered for this. <laughs> and the very next play, they fumbled it and then we recovered. So it didn't have any uh, impact on the game. But, Anyway, so that's my claim to fame, yeah. you know. But uh, hey, and no harm, no foul. Like ball doesn't lie. Maybe, yeah, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't really a fumble. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, thank you for opening up this segment with me fumbling. Super <laughs> well, Bowl. one of the questions that I like to ask my guests: You've been super successful again. You have a beautiful wife, lovely children, great family man, successful entrepreneur, star at BYU, played in the Super Bowl. That's kind of a dream life. Uh, you know, whether you're from Samoa or not, that's a good life. But no one's path is straight and to the right. Was this one of your – one of the questions I ask guests is about their lowest points. And Was that one of your lowest points or no? I, I really don't know how you feel um, about that. Was that one of the lowest points of your life? And how did you re- – in the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah. And how did you rebound and come back from that? No, thank you. Thank you for um, – actually, that was probably the highlight uh, of, of my – entire career as, a, as an athlete. And let me explain why. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I, I love for, when people flip the script like yeah. that. <laughs> All right, gay. No, so I'm going to make myself very vulnerable because the hope is that someone will is listening would say, you know what? I can relate to that. Yeah. You know, because people do sometimes think, oh, man, you, you, you played in the Super Bowl. You've done these things, and which I'm very, very grateful for. But it wasn't always like that for me. Um, for whatever reason, I struggled with self-confidence. Uh, especially when it came to sports, for whatever reason, and kind of all growing up, yeah, and even while you're at BYU, mm-hmm. and even when you're on, yeah, the, even at BYU. Okay. So here, here's how bad it was. Um, for whatever reason, I always felt like I wasn't good enough in sports, and people would tell me, "Oh, you're good," and you know, you're getting, you know, you walked on at BYU and earned a scholarship, but for what I just struggled, and this is how bad it was. It's like I used to always think, for whatever reason. That when I saw coaches laughing or talking, I, for whatever reason, I always thought that they were talking about about me. Uh-huh. And so, anytime I would I would see the coaches um, walking in the hallway, and 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 if I had any eye contact with them, I would make I would avoid them and go the opposite direction because I, I that's how bad it was. Wow, of so, Lavelle, huh? Of Lavelle, the Anyways, nicest yeah. man in the entire world who I adore and love yeah. very much. Um, and yeah, so that's 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 how much I struggled with it, and so. There were times, too, where I would go in the game, and I was so afraid of messing up, even doing warm-ups. I mean, that's how bad it was. Hmm. And then when, when uh, the coaches would come and tell me, say, hey, you know what? You're actually pretty good, and there's actually NFL scouts here who are looking, looking at you. I was like, well, I'm not going to go in. So there, you would, there would be games where I would purposely not go in. 
because of the fear of messing up. Are you serious? Yes, absolutely. I did not know this game. Yeah. Did this spill into other areas of your life or just athletics? It, you know what? For the It was mainly just athletics for whatever reason. Huh. Did yeah. you have a lot of pressure on you from a, like, I, I don't know your father that well. Did did your parents put a lot of pressure on you? Or I, I don't know. I guess you had an, an older brother who was really successful and yeah. played in the NFL. Yeah. I, I don't know. Where did yeah. that pressure come from? You know what? I don't know if it's a, it was pressure um, or it was just pressure that I just, you know, put on myself. So my brother, who who you mentioned, the name is Spencer, we, him and I are, are 15 months apart. And so he was always a really good athlete and still is. But I saw him and all the attention he was getting in high school. And for whatever reason, I felt like I needed to live up to that, you know. And, and, and so I think I put it upon myself. Yeah. And and when I wasn't recruited by BYU like he was, and and I had to walk on, and it was just – for whatever reason, that that was my struggle, and for years, even in my first few years in the NFL, wow, I struggled with 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 self confidence when it came to sports. So, how did you overcome that? So, you or or like, how have you overcome it? What practices have you put in place in your life that have helped you overcome it? And then, sorry to go back, why was the Super Bowl and fumbling in the Super Bowl the best time? Because is that when I'm, you let it go? No, because. Because of someone who has struggled with self-confidence for that long and to persevere and to make it to the biggest stage. Oh, got it. To me, that was that was a highlight that I look, I did it. Yeah. Even despite all of my weaknesses, self-doubt, and I, I was able to make it. And, 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 and you asked the question, why, how? I just had good people around me. And, and, and it's a lot of praying and a lot of depending on, uh, on, on God to, to, to help me push through it. And some, th- some days it was just a daily thing. It was, man, I just got to get through this day. And then having a wonderful wife, as you mentioned, uh, yeah. at my side to always encourage me. And so I would have to do practices where I have to put myself out of a comfort zone. So like I mentioned earlier in, in the podcast that I would avoid making eye contact with the coaches. My wife and I would sit down and say, okay, today I have a goal that if I see Robbie Bosco or Coach Lavelle, <laughs> I'm not going to turn away. I'm actually going to beeline to them and yeah. see and ask them how they're doing. And so it was those little victories that I had, and then slowly those victories became bigger victories, and then I was, you know, was able to overcome that. And and the interesting thing of, of this whole is when I finally overcame that that um, that challenge in my life, I got injured, really, and had to retire. And so I'm a firm believer. My my experience in the NFL was to teach me that lesson and to overcome that 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 aspect of my life to to make me better. And so. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that because I don't share that very often. But That is inspiring, you know. Gabe. So. You're like making me tear up in the oh. podcast booth, bro. <laughs> I love that. Um, thank you so much for sharing. So how has this translated? Did you feel like you've overcome that um, in your life? And how has that translated in other areas? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Church and work. By the way, Gabe's a successful entrepreneur, and I want to talk a little bit about Pure Enviro or what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're running a business. So how, how does that translate it into other things that you've, that you've done? Yeah, no. And so it, it taught me just to have grit yeah. and to have faith. Yeah. And, and, and when you, when you feel like you have a purpose in what you're doing and you're just going to push through it, regardless of what people, um, you know, may say or what you may think they're saying about you. And so currently right now I'm in the construction and environmental management space and I don't, you know, I don't, I'm, there are a lot more people who are a lot more experienced than I am. And I came in, I was pretty new into the space and 
I started feeling those doubts again because I'm the new kid on the block. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of other people who are more successful than I am, who know more than I do. But because of the experience I've had playing football and overcoming that fear in my life and that challenge, I just did, I went through the same process of praying and sticking by my wife and just going after those daily victories. And then, which has allowed me to be at this point in my life um, where we have a business and I'm very grateful for it, that it's, we've persevered. I mean, you, you've known Jeff, I've gone back and forth with you. So on some, you know, for your advice and, and uh, on, on, on the business and how to grow the business, but we're here and we're, and we're grateful to be here and still be around and to be able to grow in this, in this climate, in this pandemic. And so, yeah, so, but it's, it's definitely has translated over. And right now I, I feel like if I, I've the formula of just, you know, staying close to the Lord and, and, and pushing through and having faith and, and, and having good people around you, I, I feel like I can do anything. That's awesome, man. I, I look, one of the reasons, so Gabe and I have been friends for 20 years and I, I've seen Gabe go through ups and downs. He's seen me go through ups and downs. <laughs> Gabe, you reached out to me when I was at like the heat. There was a couple years of my life that I like hardly even remember because I was just so busy, way too overloaded. It's my fault. I got onto like 20 plus boards, running businesses, raising a young family. Anyways, I, I was just totally overwhelmed. You reached out to me, Gabe, and you came to. You kind of started come. Why did you do that? I've never asked you that. And you, you kind of come to. You came to my office a couple of times to see me. We had lunch at least once and, a month. Yeah, yeah. What? Tell me, like, what inspired that, or why did that happen? And and by the way, let me just say thank you for doing for being a good friend and for doing that because um, there weren't a lot of people doing that at that time, and I I needed that friendship and I appreciate it. What? How did that happen? Yeah, I've well, never asked you. Well, Let's thank you. Tell I, everyone. I, yeah, no, I thank you for. I mean, I consider you. a a dear friend. And, and so I, I don't know, you know, Jeff, I think, um, part of it is going back to, I, I, I kind of learned this from, from a friend of mine is that anytime a, a name, and I've taught my children, this is that anytime a name of someone comes to your mind for whatever reason, as random as it may sound or like, why did that guy, I always reach out to them. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and even if it's just a text message or just call them, just say, Hey, I'm just thinking about you. And, Sometimes it's like, oh, thanks, or, hey, you got the wrong number. This is not his number anymore. <laughs> or in times like this, it's, hey, Gabe, good to hear from you. Um, can we meet? Yeah. And and those were, that was one of those times. And so you just never know. And so and part of what I've learned, too, as part of overcoming my own fears is is reaching out to people yeah. and, 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 and hopefully being a resource for them and helping them and so, but anyway, I'm, I'm well, grateful. Well, you've certainly been that to me, and I'm, I think you've been that to a lot of people. And we... One of the reasons or the main reason I want to have you on this podcast is I felt like you've always been a great example of happiness, at least kindness or on the and I know that's not always when maybe what's going on inside, but you're always a kind, happy person and just a, a man of faith. Right. And you've mentioned that. So tell me about some of like this is what I've observed in you. But tell me what are some of the most important life lessons that you've learned, you know, from the shy kid or the kid who really doubted himself to the Super Bowl and in between. And maybe you just said one as well about when a person's name, I think that's so critical. I love it's in December, by the way, we're lighting the world trying to Mm -hmm. every day by making a difference. I'm making a conscious effort every day in December to just reach out to someone like you said in that way. And maybe, so maybe that's one of the biggest lessons. Sorry, that was a tangent. Tell me what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned in your life or that things that, 
Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, um, I, I think for me, and people ask me that quite a bit, and they say, well, what's your biggest takeaway? What's your, whether it be it in business or personal life or whatever, I think it all just comes down to relationships. And, and, and I think that's what fills my bucket. And it's not just a relationship with others, but it's, it's, it's your relationship with God. It's your relationship with, uh, with your family, your wife if you're married, and your children if you have children, and um, your relationship with others, and then your relationship with yourself. And, and I feel like anytime I can do anything that fills those buckets, then I'm happy. Oh, that's cool. And so even in business, anytime I can use my business as a platform to help my employees or my team members to strengthen the relationships within those four areas, then to me, that's a uh, successful business. And so that's, that's, I would say it's, it's relationships. So tell, so tell our listeners, um, I'm not a relationship expert like you are. I am in some ways and I have so many good friends and, you know, my wife and kids and that I love dearly, but you know, I don't always feel like I'm great at relationships. I think you are great. You know, teach us, teach me, teach the people that are listening that that feel alone, that maybe think, gosh, why do I have, why do I not have better relationships? Why is there conflict in my relationships? Why, you know, do I feel alone or not understood? I, I don't know. Te- what are there mm. some simple principles that yeah. you could throw out there that guide you? And because no. I love what you said about relationships. That's a, it's a great point. Well, thank you. And I, I don't think you should give yourself enough credit. I mean, I think if you were to pull in your kids and ask them, you know, about your relationship with them, they would, obviously they would give you raving reviews. And at the end of the day, that's one of the most important relationships you can have. And so you're not giving yourself enough credit. So I appreciate you. Um, And so as far as advice, this is just probably a doctrine by Gabe. And so... That's but good, I, man. That's why we're here. No, we're just, is, we're just no, talking. Yeah, no, I want to hear it. We want your advice. We want Gabe Reed's no, advice. No, I don't know. Well, you take it for what it's worth and you take what you pay for it, right? And yeah, so this is pretty right. free. And <laughs> But I, to me, again, this is kind of sort of what I do. And, and uh, I talked about the different relationships, your relationship with God and with your, your spouse and family and others and with yourself. And it all has to be in that order, you know, because I think a lot of times we – and, and, and that's, that's what I found. Do you put your relationship, sorry, do you put your relationship with yourself at the bottom? I'm a little, yeah, does it yeah. have to be in that order? Do no, you think? No, for me, um, because, and some people say, well, you can't give from an empty bucket, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, that's what fails it for me because, because sometimes if I'm too so absorbed with what's, what's wrong with me or what I don't have or what, you know, so-and-so doesn't have, then, then I get depressed, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but if I'm out there constantly building my relationship with God, who is the source of all strength for me, and then focusing on others and, and always looking at, hey, I'm in this relationship to give, not to just just take. Yeah. And then after all of that, and then for whatever reason, then I feel a lot better about myself. Got it. And yeah. th- that was, that's what fill my, that's uh, feeds fills my, you. that yeah. feeds me. But that yeah. works for me. And, yeah. and, and I think because there have been times, and there are, there are times where, you know what, you, you're going to have to focus a little bit on yourself too, because again... You can't give if you don't have anything to give. But to me, in terms of happiness, is when I when I find look for other opportunities. I get I, I get what you're saying, and I I totally get it. And you're totally right. What I I guess what I was saying is a little bit different. As you know, we're in our middle age now, which is mm-hmm. hard to say, but true. And uh, you know, you you spoke about growing up as a kid who didn't really have a lot of confidence in sports. What what I've realized in my middle age is there are a lot of things from growing up that kind of haunt us or come back to us or habits that we've either seen or developed. Um, And so I I guess I've learned that in order for us to be able to take care of others, having a good relationship with ourselves 
is critical to that, right? Like I almost see that as foundation one and maybe tied to that of relationship with a, a higher power or God or whatever you may believe in. But so having that relationship with yourself and with a higher power that you have faith in and then letting that flow to the other things, you know, I, I guess they're all interconnected. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and, it's, I, and I think that that's the biggest thing is that looking at they're all connected. And, 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 and again, so I guess the question is, so how do you take care of yourself? What is it that's going to make you happy? And, and then, it, you know, to your point, but for me, what makes me happy is, is seeing other people happy yeah. and, and, and helping them out. And so like today for you sharing what you did that, Hey, when you reached out to me, I really needed that. That makes me happy. Yeah. And that fills my bucket. So now I feel like, okay, you know what, who else can I go and help? You know, <laughs> yeah, because, I love that. you know, but, but you're right. I mean, there is. But that's, you know, you have to focus. There has to be some time for yourself. But to me, that's that's what fills it for me. Yeah. So, so Utah is your home. You grew up, I mean, you grew up in Samoa, but you came to BYU to play football. You've stayed here largely. You played in the NFL for five or so mm-hmm. years and then have been here in Utah, right? Yes. Uh, what do you love about Utah? How's how's the Polynesian community in Utah? You know, what what's it like? I mean, I see it, thri- I feel like I see it thriving um, you know, but t- tell tell me your thoughts. Well, I love Utah. I mean, obviously, I'm, some of my greatest um, relationships I've created have been here, and I'm obviously I'm sitting across from one of them. I've known you for over twenty years, and and um, and so that's I love the people that are here. There's, it's so vibrant. Um, people are always trying to you know push themselves out of their comfort zone, whether it's starting businesses or helping out, and 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 so that. I love that about Utah, and, and specifically with Utah County, the Polynesians who have who have come to this place, we're all very close to each other. I mean, it seems like everyone knows each other here, and it's just like a big family. And so, again, because I'm a relationship guy, <laughs> this is home. Yeah. This is home for me. Yeah. Well, t- how many Polynesians live in Utah or in Utah County? Do you in know Utah roughly? County, so I would say uh, there are several thousand for sure. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not sure. I would say I would sure there's to say tens of thousands in assume. Utah County. I would say yeah, probably ten thousand. Yeah, cool. And it's a tight knit community. It's a tight knit community. So COVID has you know changed all of our lives, caused pain and heartache. Everyone knows that, and we're still not through it. I hope we're through it soon. Yeah, me too. Uh, as a social, as someone who gets their bucket filled by serving others and being with others, hasn't hasn't COVID been hard? I felt like it's it's been hard for me. Yeah, it, it has. Has it been hard for you? No, it has. I know because I, you know, like you said, but it also, it's been hard, but it's also been great because sometimes you're spread too thin. You're spread too thin. Yeah. And then it, it has forced us to really focus on, on what really matters. Yeah. And and like we said earlier today, you know, my family, because I, I didn't have all the other distractions of work and, and trying to help everyone else. But now my kids, it just allowed me to be with my kids. Yeah. Uh, and and strengthening relationship with my kids even more. So I would say that was probably the biggest blessing of that, that I was able to focus on that particular rela- relationship. Yeah, that's awesome. There, There's always silver lining to disruption and to challenges mm-hmm. and changes. I would encourage all the listeners to look for the silver lining in in this challenging time. There certainly are some. I think you had big plans. I feel like you were moving. <laughs> You know, and COVID's disrupted all of our lives. I feel like it disrupted maybe yours a lot. What were you doing, and how has that changed your plans? And what's going on? You know, I don't. Well, I think uh, I think my brother said it best: is what I all I know is I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we were we were planning on moving to Samoa. We we yeah. um, put all our belongings in a forty foot container, send it to Samoa. We were supposed to be there by now. 
but because of it's COVID, like there and oh, Simone, it's there. I, I'll show you a picture after this, but <laughs> it's there. But it, it's been there since May, mm. and so now the mold is building up. So as of last week, we sold everything. Oh, and so now we're just kind of waiting for the you know. Is your the, plan to still go back there? Uh, potentially. Yeah. Oh, so you're not sure. We're not sure. Okay. Yeah, we're not sure. So COVID's changed plans. COVID's changed plans. So and you you were going to go back there? Yes. So tell me about that. I had another good friend. I won't mention his name. Uh, a lot of people would know him. I don't know if he, but who just uh, recently, in fact, in the last week, moved internationally. He took his family. He's he's about our age, a business leader here here in the state, and he just moved internationally. Why, why were you moving to Samoa? I mean, obviously it's home, but what were the plans to go there? And, you know, I'm just curious. <laughs> no, what I drove that? You know what? I I, I don't know. And, and I'll explain why. So I just had a prompting and I felt like the that the Lord was telling me I needed to go home. Yeah. That's it. I can't explain it other than financially didn't make sense. My kids were in school. My, my daughter was graduating from co- uh, from high school, going into college. How did she feel about it? Like, was she excited? Cause it's, or is she like, what? The, Dad, mother, what are you doing? Yeah, Dad, are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the other, it took them a while, but after after some time and, and, and talking about it and, and, and going through the process of praying about it, they just felt, okay, you know what? As long as we're together as a family, that's all that matters. That's awesome. And so we built it up. I mean, we loaded up the container, sent it off, and... And now we're here. So now we have to buy winter clothes again. So, <laughs> so I will if anyone's, take, um, if anyone's take donations, selling, yeah. uh, extra small sweats, Gabe is, <laughs> Gabe yeah. is in the market. <laughs> I'm actually an extra small. Yeah, sweatshirt. an extra, extra Lulu's lemon small. <laughs> like that. that's Gabe's specialty right there. Yeah, um, at 300 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, 298. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... So, but now that's, now you're reconsidering everything. So you, you feel like, you know, you feel directed to go to Samoa, feel like that's what you should do. And then COVID hits and like, you can't get there, even if you wanted, like you can't go there. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and so now you're reconsidering everything again, it sounds like, and kind of deciding what to do. Yes. Gosh, why does life throw us curveballs like that? I don't know. I don't know. And I think maybe one of the lessons is to find that silver lining that you talked about. And so... The silver lining for me through this whole process of having to uproot my family in the middle, they were, you know, thriving and some of them were thriving in sports and t- is that I, I learned how resilient my kids were and that they, they, they get it. Yeah. And, and, and maybe that was the lesson in all of this is that they were willing to pick up and move. And that was the lesson that we needed to, that I needed to learn and to be like, man, these kids are so much better than me. I mean, I didn't even know your kids. You're a great guy, but your kids our kids are just, they're, they're a different generation. Yeah, and they're so, awesome. And, and you have, I'm trying not to say your wife and ch- children's names in case you don't want to, but you have a sweet son. Yes. And uh, I, so I'm talking, I'm going back actually to the beginning and to resilience. I'm curious, um, does he play sports? How do you feel about sports with him? Um, how You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah, no, Based on like, you know, his name's not Gabe, but Gabe Jr., you know, like how, how were you maybe doing things differently? I'm just curious. Yeah, no. So and you talked about resilience, right? Because that's. Yeah. So he is. He's well, first of all, he's he's 14 years old. He's he's a lot better athlete than I than I ever was. But I never force it on him. I still don't. But he just has a passion for sports. And a lot of it's because he sees his older cousins who are playing college. And, and, yeah. and so but I don't push it on, on him at all. But I do. I do encourage him and I'm his, I'm his biggest cheerleader Yeah. because, you know, I don't want him to go through what I went through. And sometimes I, I think I've created a monster because maybe he doesn't, he, he has zero fear. He feels like he can take on the world. Really? 
Yeah. Do you like that or no? You know what? I, I would prefer that than the, the alternative, yeah, yeah. Of, of what I had to go through because I can channel that, right? And I could put that towards, you know, good things, which, again, he's such a good kid. And, um, but yeah, so in, in terms of sports, I don't force it on him. Um, in fact, I don't even watch sports at home other than BYU football, of course. I'll, I'll follow that and, and some of the Chicago Bears game. But I don't remember the last time I watched an NBA game. Huh. So, but that's just me. Does he just play football? He plays football and basketball. And basketball. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so you don't think he feels that same pressure? He's kind of fearless. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, he's our kids fearless. are different, right? Mm-hmm. Nature versus nurture. And I think so much is nature. I think our kids come here and they are the way they are. We can help try to, you know, hone the edges and, and encourage the good things. But man, they are. And I, I've learned that from my kids. They're also different. They're you know? also, yeah, very different. Um, so how are you going to run Pure Enviro? From Samoa, like so. Tell us a little bit more about your business. Um, you know, you spoke a little bit about it. Um, tell us how it's grown, what you've learned from it, and what the plan. Like, were you going to grow it in Samoa? I assume, or yes. uh, yeah. So tell us. Yeah, no. Um, so we're an environmental and construction management firm. Um, currently, we 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 do mainly federal contracts, and so we're we're in probably six or seven um, U.S. Uh, states and territories, and and we were able to scale. A lot of it is because, and I know I'm going to sound like a broken record, is because we've developed good relationships yeah. with with contractors, and then we have good people who who understand the, the culture of the company, of 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 building relationships, and that revenue will follow. That's kind of something that we're always preaching. It's like, look, focus on the relationship, be principle based, and then the revenue is a byproduct of that. And so we've we've pushed that for like ten years, <laughs> and I think we're finally seeing the fruits of our labors. Um, but that's that's the reason why we're able to do it. So we do have contracts in Samoa, and and um, with the federal government, and we're grateful for that. And and Saipan, Guam, and different areas. Okay, so South that's Pacific. a place for you to go and to keep growing the business. Yes, that's yes, awesome. Yes. So how much of it is strategic business? Is it strategic business wise as well as kind of personally feeling, or is it? No. So that's a far move to Samoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was the interesting thing is is when we had that uh, when we felt directed to go there, we didn't have any. We oh, had one so contract there. It. We've it. grown it since That's then. Cool. And so now there's there's several contracts there. And so, yeah. Yeah, and this is a shout out to all the entrepreneurs. And this is how everything is in life, definitely entrepreneurship. You feel like you're pushing a boulder up the mountain. <laughs> and that boulder is going to crush you. <laughs> like if you stop, it's going to roll back even if you weigh 297. Yeah. I'm well, keep go- I keep well, going down. Do you notice podcast, that? Well, being here in this uh, this studio, yeah, I've, I'm probably down to 297 now. <laughs> it's a little hot in here. You're sweating a little bit. Well, I'm also wearing a hoodie. <laughs> but I also sweat when I tie my shoes. So, I, you know, that's... <laughs> so you're pushing the boulder up. Come on. We're talking about okay, entrepreneurship sorry, sorry. here. We're pushing the boulder up, and it like you feel like if you stop, it's going to roll back and crush you. But um, once you get the boulder going, finally get it over and it starts rolling is my point. Like it really rolls. I was surprised at how our business scaled and I'm sure you're surprised at how pure and virus after so much work, right? (laughs) Like so much, you so much work to get it up and now it's rolling. Now it's growing. That's cool. Yeah. What are you excited about in life right now, Gabe? What's, uh, what's keeping you up at night? What's waking you up early in the morning? What's on your mind? What do you, what work? Left to do, my man. I don't. You know what? It's just to see how many. You know who I can help, and 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 whether it's through business. I think, I believe it was a. Um, 
Blake Roney, who said this, and I, I'm quoting it from someone else who quoted that one of the most charitable things you can do is own a business. Yeah. And 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 I think he was the one who 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 said that, and I totally agree with that. And so for me, I just I I really enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah, I was just at lunch actually right before this with one of the entrepreneurs that I invested in like five years ago, and we were talking about the thousands of jobs that have been created from this little investment. Mm-hmm. This company's grown quite large, and then they've broken off. There's been other businesses. I think done the right way, management really is noble, right? And mm-hmm. it really is. Um, it really is cool. Do you let how how do you bless the life? How many employees do you have roughly? Roughly, um, we're still a small business, yeah. and so we have about thirty. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what do you do to, like, what do you do to try to make it a good place for people to work specifically? Yeah, I, I think uh, one of the biggest things is is the very first thing you can pull any of my employees, and they'll ask you what's the most important thing to Gabe. You'll say relationships, and so having that same again, everything is intertwined and interconnected, and so. That's one thing that I'm always telling them. If if my if this company cannot help you become closer to God and your family and others and improve yourself, then then this isn't the place for you. Or I failed as a business owner. Mm-hmm. And so some of the things that we do that's most recently we we had a good year, which I'm very grateful for. And so we gave out a pretty sizable bonus to all of our um, management team and our employees with the contingency that you have to use that part of that portion at your discretion to go and, and help someone else in need. Oh, that's cool. And so now you're 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 helping them, um, which is a blessing for them. And and the other the other um, stipulation was you have to get your family involved. So now you're you're checking those box, boxes of you're helping others, you're working with your family. It should make you feel good or better about yourself. And when anytime you're serving others, you ultimately are, are serving God. And yeah. so that's one of the things that we've done. And I'm always preaching that. And and so hopefully. Hopefully, it's a, it's a good working environment for them. That's awesome. You know, the, you remind me of Travis Hansen a little bit. You know, Travis. I love like, Travis. Yeah, Travis, a good friend of ours who, you know, was a play, drafted by the Atlanta Hawks, mm-hmm. played overseas in Russia and Spain for a long time. In fact, I should have Trav on. I'll ask you, him. You should. In fact, I think I read Travis's quote from Blake Roney on his LinkedIn. Oh, really? That's yeah, where yeah. it came I think from? Yeah, yeah. I think it came Anyways, he started a business, right? And he, mm-hmm. he's a former athlete, and he's kind of created this family culture in his business, which is really cool and admirable you know it's a good way to do it it's one way to do it right? <laughs> it's one way to do it <laughs> um how how can how can we help you how can our listeners help you how can i help you gabe i mean i'm trying to create a small a community of people that are just trying to do good i mean really this podcast is about just getting some good news some good perspective out there in the world i got pretty beat down um this year from running from governor from covid etc and just um I'm just trying to stay happy, trying to stay positive. I've been blessed by so many good people like you that have surrounded me and loved me in my life and helped me. Um, how how can our how can our group help you, Gabe? Um, I, I think you're doing it. I mean, just by doing this podcast and inviting guys like me who are you know I'm 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 a small fish in a big pond here, <laughs> and 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 so just you know giving me an opportunity to share my story and and hopefully it'll be. Um, inspiring for somebody. Uh, maybe it's a, a, a Polynesian entrepreneur or a former athlete who's trying to start a business. And so I think this is a great platform, you know, and so I appreciate you having me on here. And this is totally true to you, Gabe. Like you're, you're, how can we help you is, well, you're helping us. No, like, how can we help you? What do you need, man? What's your love language? Do you know? Time. I, time. Time. Quality time. Quality time. I like that. With people and food. Food and yeah. quality time. Yeah. And That's why pro- lunches work well for you. 
Obviously, I mean this investment. <laughs> this this three hundred pounds is an investment in the future. <laughs> in the future, even though when Jeff and I met way back when, I was actually fifty pounds lighter. So, <laughs> so was I probably no, not no. fifty, but maybe twenty. Oh. <laughs> and I'm a little bit shorter than you, just a little. Um, what? Uh, how? How could you help us? What? What's on your mind? What's? Uh, how are you trying to make a difference these days? And, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think. I don't know how much of value I can bring to to you, Jeff. I think you've. Do you mentor? Like, and I'm not speaking for me specifically, although I really want to help you. So I'm kind of was asking you, how could I help you? But like, what about? Do you mentor entrepreneurs that are coming up, or keep keep going? Yeah, yeah. So I I I don't know if I have anything formally set up, but one of the things I I was actually at lunch with with one of my our project managers and actually a very close cousin of mine and. I said this is, the success of my business will be couple, two things, twofold. One, if those relationships are strengthened by, by being here, however long you're here. And number two is how many future business owners can I help? And so, so right now, for me, it's just I just want people to be more business, you know, business owners, and particularly yeah. with our community. And, again, I'm very grateful to be Polynesians and things I've learned and everything. But we can do more than just sports. Yeah. And I think that that's the biggest thing that I'm so a lot of my our, our employees are Polynesians. And I, I just talk with them and just say, hey, look, when you work here, you're going to learn what to do and what not to do. But at the end of the day, I'm going to push you out here in a few years to go and start your own business. That's cool. You should get a bumper sticker. Polynesians don't just play football. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, you know, I went I went around the state and met with some uh, Polynesians. I met with all different types of people. And do you feel like that group feels kind of stigmatized or judged or kind of pigeonholed yeah. or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of the feel that I got a little bit. But I, I guess every group feels that way in some form or fashion. But Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that that's – and then that's part of the insecurity too, I think, for some of us that are trying to get into the business space. Even though I'm a fourth-generation I'm a fourth generation entrepreneur. My great-great-grandparents were entrepreneurs in the islands. But even coming in, especially here in Utah, and like people know you, oh, you're Gabriel, you, you, you play football. What are you going to tell me about business? Yeah. Right. And so it was it was hard to kind of break through and, and you know, to get some some credibility, you know, as a, as a business owner. And so um, so I, I do think that that stereotype is out there. And so I guess my advice to to all the, the entrepreneurs and maybe particularly even the Polynesian entrepreneurs is that, you know, we're more than just shorter pads and a helmet. That's for sure. And we can do a lot more. And you, there's more than one way out of to further your uh, the, to improve the quality of your life. You don't have to just play football. Or sports. Yeah. You can be a doctor. You can be an entrepreneur. You can whatever it is. So. That's for sure. I love that message. Um, I want to ask you one more hard one before we wrap up. Okay. I want you to think about this. Okay. How do you deal with conflict? Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you are such a nice guy. Um, you are always happy and smiling. Um, how have you dealt with conflict in your life? I'm asking you sincerely. I've, certainly you've had some conflict, whether it's in your business or, you know, no you know, every family has some conflict. How do you, how do you, in a healthy way, deal with it? Do you have any advice or thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, again, this is just uh, advice by Gabe. So, for for me, do you love this question? By the way, your no, face no, I was do, like, no, I, I do like it because, in fact, I just had a very frank and yeah. op, uh, honest uh, and open discussion with uh, with the the meeting I was at prior to this, and I think that that's the key. Is just it's okay to have conflict and to have honest and Open and tough discussions. I think that that's healthy. I think the biggest thing is making sure that the delivery is that's what what changes, which can really change the outcome of of, of any conflict, right? And mm-hmm. so, 
I had this certain individual who's probably listening to the podcast or will be listening, <laughs> who wanted to, you know, he felt like he brought, you know, a certain value to the company, which he did, and, and he felt that maybe some of the, his compensation should be changed. And we had an off, honest, open discussion about it, and and uh, because he maybe wasn't too happy with the, uh, and it was good. We left. Told him I loved him. He told me he loved me, and 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 is so, he still working with you? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and he has his own business, and he's doing he's doing really well. And so it's in how you deliver it. I think so. Yeah, I yeah. So. Any tips or tricks and how you do that well? I guess you come from. I guess the key is to start from a place of love. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then go from there. Yeah. And then just go from there. And, and if you, and I, and again, I'm not perfect at this. You just ask my kids and my wife, <laughs> but anytime that you feel agitated and, you know, and just upset, probably not the best time to, to try to resolve a conflict. Yeah. And so at least calm down a little bit and, and, and whether it's dealing with an employee or a boss and just make sure you're in a good space at that moment. And then just go and be open and honest with them. The worst thing you could do is like, not say anything and let it bottle up, and then all of a sudden you just blow up, and then no one saw that coming. Yeah. And so that's what I've learned. And, I, and you, you know, you talked about our age, and I'm just at a point now in my life where I just, you know what, I'm okay with conflict. Yeah. And, and, I, and I almost embrace it. It's like, look, if there's a hard discussion to be had, I want to be the guy because I, wanna, I want them to be open. Yeah. So. Well, Gabe, you are the man in so many ways. Is there anything else you'd like to say or talk about? No, I just appreciate being here and, and keep going and— uh, this is a this is a great po- podcast. Thank you for having me. And sorry, I know you've been asking me to come on for some time, and I've kind of gone back and forth. And... Was that a self confidence thing? Tell me the truth. No, no, I think it was okay. just a, it was, just busy. Yeah, it was just busy, and okay. I was just like, I don't, you know, it's it's what. Keep going. No, no, no. I, I just it was just it was just busy, and I apologize. Let me just put it that way because I just wasn't sure how it was going to turn out, and and maybe it is a little bit of self confidence thing, but. I'm grateful I, I came. So. Good, dude. I'm glad you came. I, I'm so glad to have you on here. Everyone, uh, check out Gabe Reed's fumble in the Super Bowl. And remember <laughs> that that was the best uh, time of his life because he had made it. He had overcome his fears, and he was there on the biggest stage. Gabe, I love you, man. Love you too, man. Keep Thank doing you. the good stuff you're doing. I'll keep trying. Let's keep hanging out, yeah. growing old together. Hey, we've shed a couple pounds, if nothing else. Yeah. In this interview, because we've been hustling, <laughs> we've been working. <laughs> well, I still feel like I'm still still the same. But, uh, <laughs> oh, come on! Yeah. All right, man. Okay, thanks. Yep. Thanks for having. I think I might have had the most fun with Gabe Reed. I think we've done 18 episodes. That might have been the most fun I've ever had. Gabe is a dear friend, a great guy. Who would have thought this six four, three hundred pound tight end? Uh, BYU played in the Super Bowl, struggled with confidence. I, I didn't know that as poignantly as I knew that today as he spoke about it. I think we all struggle with our confidence at times. And certainly during this hard year of COVID 2020, uh, we need to build each other up. We need to look for commonality and try to help each other. I appreciate Gabe's friendship. And like I said, I really appreciated that in the midst of my craziness, he reached out to me as kind of a friend from the past and checked in on me and tried to rally me up and build me up. He's someone, he's a builder. Um, and uh, I, I love Gabe and his family and I'm excited for his future, whether it's here in Utah or Samoa or wherever he, the future takes him. Gabe will make a difference and be a blessing to the lives of those around him. Thank you, Gabe, for your example. And thank you for coming on the podcast today. This is Jeff Burningham with the Us Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it.
We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Us Podcast with Jeff Burningham. Please help us grow by leaving a rating and review and subscribing at your favorite podcast platform. Also, tell your friends and share on social media. See you again next week.